Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Billy Orbikowski. Billy is a product manager for Brunswick and DBA. Bill, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hi, Tim. How's it going? It's going well. So, um, Joe and I thought we'd get you on today to kind of discuss all of August. We talked with Mo Pinnell about ball drilling for dummies. We titled a five-part series where we got into some of the intricacies, you could say, of, of ball layouts, ball design, core design, ball motion, kind of a little bit of everything. And our goal was really to help bowlers and help the, the people like me who, who aren't involved as much as what you and Joe are understand a little bit more so that when they were looking to purchase the new equipment, they could learn a little bit more and, and go to their pro shop operator and really help them inform our listeners. So want to get your thoughts, I guess, just on that in general and what you, you know, what you think people really do need to know when it comes to buying a ball and, and, and understanding from motion to design to that sort of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest things that uh, being myself as like a, a product manager, I get a you know a, a lot of calls from our pro shop or from pro shops and our pro staff, um, whether it be the national staff, regional staff, or uh, amateur staff, and it's always in regards to, hey, this ball's not hey this ball's not doing what I expected it to do. Um, and, and so I, you know, start off with a, a general line of questioning is, you know, well, what'd you expect this ball to do? And they tell me that, well, I put in a uh, skid flip drilling and it's still kind of a, a smooth, strong arc. It, it won't flip. And part of that too, is I always go back to, you've got to go and pick out the ball and pick out that motion that the designers intend it for. So it's it's like you can't take a skid flip ball and turn it into a smooth arc, uh, and vice versa. You can't take a smooth arcing ball that's designed to be a smooth arcing ball or a you know fast revving early rolling ball and turn it into a skid flip ball. You know you have to look at that original intent and then fit those balls into your arsenal that way. Uh, Bill, um, Joe are here uh, saying what you're saying. Can the consumer go to your website, you know, say they don't have privy to reading a ball review that I write or, or BTM, uh, but can they go to the Brunswick website and differentiate which balls, you know, are truly designed to be skid flip, say with a quick response cover or other balls that are designed to be more arcing and smooth or slower response off friction? Oh, Joe, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we try to make our site as most interactive as possible. Um, you know, and, and try to put as much information out there that we can. 
you know, to kind of inform the pro shops and, and keep the consumer informed on what those would be. The, the best thing that we've got on our uh, website is, you know, we've got a, a ball comparison chart similar to um, what you do for the reviews for Bowler's Journal. Uh, what that does is it kind of places the balls in a chart from total hook, um, from the, the least amount to the most amount, and then also um, how quick the response is to when it hits friction. Uh, so you exactly. You, you were kind enough, Bill, uh, when I first started doing reviews in early 2007 to help uh, help guide me in that process because I, I did actually model our chart after the Brunswick model thinking, you know, rather than back-end hook, you know, it's all about back-end hook potential or response time potential. Uh, so do you want to touch base on that a little bit of how you change your covers in your line to place them in different portions on the chart? Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a complete system. Um, you know, basically you start with the, the cover stock and you design the cover stock in a way to, you know, set up the response time. Um, quick responding covers um, definitely need a different type of core. And when you start looking at cores, you start looking at RGs and also the differential. And that's where we start talking about the complete system. You know, and the complete system works with three different elements, the cover stock, the core, and then the surface finish. You know, what we try to do at Brunswick is combine all three of those so that we hit that targeted performance. Um, part of that engineering goes into the cover stock where, you know, we've got a uh, right now, we've we've been lucky to have a really good working relationship with Carmen Salvino also and uh, helps us design our covers uh, along with using some different additive technology. I, I want to ask you, because uh, you and Mo Pinnell and, and Mo Rich have a, a really good relationship, who we did this whole series regarding. And so do you guys use the dual-angle terminology that we spoke so much about with Mo? You know, we do. Br uh, Brunswick looks at the the dual angle technology that uh, you know Mo uses with his products, um, kind of in the, a similar way. Uh, what we try to do is we use the the dual angle technology for um, matching layouts, and, and it's it's just a really great way of you know making sure that if you have a favorite layout, you can copy it on any ball. Um, it's just a, a really good way to map balls out and things like that. Um, as for the uh, the terminology and in the uh, you know the description of how the dual angles work to, together, uh, that's where kind of you know Mo and myself and also Ray Edwards, who's our uh, R and D director, we kind of agree to disagree because we see some differences there, and in uh, you know I, I guess we don't get into it too much with Mo, but, uh, you know, there, there's so many variables in bowling that, um, you know, we all know, I mean, this is, it's a, it's a great sport, but there's a ton of variables from, you know, the bowlers physical game, whether they have, you know, ball speed, rev rate, axis rotation, axis tilt. And then you get into, you know, the lanes, you've got the lane surface, um, we all know there's, you know, a ton of different lane surfaces out there. There's different oils. Um, each company has about three different oils that have different lubricities where, 
you know, some oils are slicker, some oils um, have more friction in them, and all these elements play so much of a, a difference or an effect on the bowling ball. But, uh, you know, and to kind of categorize a layout and make it do, you know, and say that it does a certain thing, um, you know, we, we see some differences in there, and um, that's where you kind of have to use your, you know, your, your own thinking or your own visualization of watching the ball motion and, um, you know, adjusting your layouts accordingly. So, Bill, do you think it would be beneficial to the industry in, uh, as, in general to commonize the terminology, you know, be it dual angle or, or call it something different, but at least where the terminology would, would be the same for all balls from 900 Global, Ebonite, Brunswick, you know, to get on the same page and basically state, you know, this layout has the potential to give most players this type of shape, but obviously you have to put in there, you know, rev rates, tilts, rotations can alter this reaction somewhat, but at least it's going to give us a 70 by 30 layout will give you more length and aggressive back end motion than will a 30 by 70. Do you think that would be helpful? Uh, I, I think it would be helpful, but I think it once again, Joe, it's kind of like more of a, a generalization because of all those, you know, factors. I mean, one thing we, you, we always talk about, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show, is, you know, it's, it's more of a, um, you know, potential. Everything's a potential. This layout will give you this potential. Um, I've always found, you know, being in the industry since, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years now, um, that as soon as you categorize something, you know, most of the public sees it as black and white. And as soon as you put it in a category, if, if some one person doesn't see it doing that exact thing, then it, all of a sudden <laughs> you create this, you know, huge discussion or huge ripple on why it doesn't work and why it's not working. Um, I guess it's, it's a way of looking at it and saying, um, you know, it, keeping it more vanilla is actually better, um, but in categories, so to say. All right. Again, joining us is Brunswick product, uh, Brunswick and DVA product manager, Billy Orlikowski. Billy, want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, looking at your USBC scores, you guys had 3277, your S&B Pro Shop team. Want to get your thoughts, I guess, uh, just, to, I guess, in general, how you guys, you know, how you guys thought about the lanes and what you thought about the lanes. There was a lot of people complaining about the lanes being difficult. So just want to get your thoughts on the USBC Open as you kind of look back on things. Well, we, uh, you know, we, we bowled in, in April there, and uh, there were a lot of really good teams that bowled early. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what all, everybody says, you've got to do your homework. Um, we kind of knew going in from Baton Rouge last year that, you know, whether it's the environment, you know, whether it's the, you know, the weather down there, whether it's just the, uh, you know, the arena down there itself, um, we knew that the lanes played difficult because back in 2005, the scores were really low. And it seemed like they were going to be low until Nick Heilman's team came in and shot 3,400. It was like, holy cow. Um, and uh, one of the good things, though, is I know Nick pretty well. So uh, actually going in before that, Nick had uh, 
sent me an email and we'd call, he called me and we talked and, uh, I kind of gave him a few ideas on, on what I thought, what balls would work and maybe what strategy would work. And boy, I, I saw that number pop up and he called me right away and was saying, man, everything you said worked out great. And, you know, their team bowled fantastic. We watched them online <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we kind of did the same strategy that they did, um, with that being a shorter pattern, we went and we decided that, you know, we'd have a few guys burn up, you know, or, or break in the shot, so to say, um, where we figured we wanted to play or wanted our break point to be, which was about six, seven, eight. And we tried to keep our angles pretty straight. We didn't want to hook to it. And then the other guys, the other five guys, would go ahead and take plastic and throw plastic from 10, 11, 12 and try to push the pattern down a little bit so that, you know, as soon as the uh, uh, first game started or in the beginning of that first game, if we felt like we got the lanes into a, a pretty good spot, we were able to, you know, shell down and then go right into uh, where we wanted to play and not really break the lanes down that much. So what type ball, Bill, did you personally use uh, at the beginning of play in game one and layout. Yeah, I I stuck with a uh, a Nexus double X, um, and I used a pin down layout. It it was actually a you know for dual angle purposes it was a uh, a forty five by five and a half by seventy, and uh, had uh, actually had about fifteen hundred on it, and you know it, it's. It's all about manipulating your hand to keep the ball in play. You know, that first game you want to stay up the back of it just so you can keep your, you know, your axis rotation at about 30 degrees. Um, it allows you to use a stronger ball but not really cover a lot of, of, lot of boards on the lane. Um, keeps your angles closed down and keeps the ball in the pocket. And I'm able to do that pretty well, and there's a couple other guys on our team that are able to do that pretty well. So, you know, we're kind of the guys that stay with the stronger balls where um, a few of the other guys that can't manipulate their hands too much um, and have a lot of axis rotation, we kind of put them into, you know, a little bit of the weaker balls so that they can keep their angles shut down and play a little straighter. So, right. Billy, so you weren't personally looking for anything that would enhance the back-end motion but at almost the opposite, where it would control the back-end motion and give you a good visual of your break point? Yeah, it, it's, that's true, Joe. I, you know, we never really look for back-end motion until we get into the last part of the third game and we've pushed the pattern down enough. Or, you know, when we get into the minors, um, usually the first two games, <laughs> you got plenty of back-end because, I mean, they, they strip those lanes you know, four times a day. And when you get the lane stripped four times a day and then that first stripping, they strip the lane twice. I mean, those lanes, are the back ends are going to be clean. You really don't need to look for a back end reaction. So, and Billy, they, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you, you talked about the minor events. A big change coming up next year as we move forward bowling in Reno where we're going to have a fresh oil for doubles and singles and we're going to have a f five five pairs, you know, five groups of bowlers, you know, on a, on a pair. And there's still a lot of discussion. Number one, I want to get your thoughts on, on that, that move. There were a lot of folks, Jeff Riggles, uh, and a lot of people created kind of a, a groundswell of support for switching to that sort of 
you know, where you go to doubles and singles and you have fresh oil. But I, I'm curious as to your thoughts, if you have any suggestions maybe on how they should do it, because there's still, it hasn't been released yet by the USBC, uh, who that who the two other doubles team, you know, because traditionally people will bring 10, 10 guys, so three are going to be together, and then two are going to be with three other people, in essence. So I want right. to get your thoughts on, on that sort of thing and, and where you see things moving forward. Well, I you know, there's I guess there's different ways of, of looking at it. Um, you can either look at it strategy wise where, you know, you wanna keep your 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 A team, let's say, um, you know, together and on the same pair so that you can, you know, try to, you know, manipulate the shot a little bit with the balls and how to play the lanes. Um, or depending on you know uh, the the style of the players on that the A team. You know you could you could keep all the straight players on on one pair and all the you know the crankers on another pair so that they can break in the lanes the way they want them to. Um, you know I, I kind of Tim I'm still kind of looking at it. You know trying to figure out a few things and in, in what the strategy will be. Um, I've kind of got some ideas, but uh, do you guys know for sure? Because I I have yet to to confirm it, but when you go to the minors, did Jeff or anybody say that you bowl your your singles and your doubles on the same pair? Well, you know, last time we spoke with Eric Pearson, uh, and again, he's been one of the main cogs in developing the lane pattern each year, uh, he said that wasn't set in stone yet. They, they weren't sure if they were going to allow all six games to be on one pair or if there would be some moving, so... I think we'll have to be patient and kind of wait on that, Bill. Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, a huge part of the strategy, Um, you know, because like I was saying, like option B would be to keep, you know, all your straight guys together um, or straighter players together and then all your crankers together. Uh, If you keep all your crankers together, you've got to make sure that they manage their arsenals the right way and they know to ball down. some crankers like to just get in and open up and keep opening up, and they might even run out of lane. So, so switching gears here a little bit, Bill, uh, it's been how many years since Brunswick has moved their manufacturing operations down to Reynosa? Well, it'll be coming up on the, uh, the sixth year for that, Joe. Okay, now we know there were some you know, inherent challenges that Brunswick faced, you know, opening up the new plant, training new people, getting the product uh, right where you want it to be. Uh, I think most of those challenges have been met. And the last few years, the products have been coming out much, much better. Uh, Can you discuss any of the current challenges you're facing or maybe uh, some new product line that's coming out that could possibly revolutionize the sport somewhat? Well, I... Yeah, I can, we can talk a little bit about that. That's good. Um, you know, one of the things is that uh, whether you move a manufacturing plant from, you know, from, let's say, Muskegon to Mexico or, you know, Muskegon to someplace, you know, other in Michigan or in another state, uh, whenever you move, there are some growing pains because there's a lot of retraining and you, you, you lose a lot of that tribal knowledge, let's say. Sure. Um, Right now, we're uh, we finally got things under control. Um, we've usually have a lot of turnover um, down in Mexico for employees. You know, they'll come up, they'll work for a little bit, and then they'll 
um, you know, head back down to their families. Uh, most of the the area that we're in in Mexico is in northern Mexico, and uh, a lot of the uh, workers actually come up through the inner part through around Mexico City and will actually work part-time and then head back down. But uh, they're actually establishing a, a good workforce there. Um, one of the other things that we've done, too, is we've hired more American engineers that live on the U.S. side that come over the border and actually work in the plant. And that's been one of the bigger changes that we've done. Um, with that, uh, more education and more training with the, uh, the operators, we've really stabilized the workforce, and, and it shows in our, in our warranty and our scrap rates. Um, we're at a historical all-time low. Our warranty rate is down to, you know, a 1.5%, which is extremely good. Um, kind of the best we've ever run in Muskegon was at 3%. And, you know, for any manufacturing or, or production, if you talk to anybody in quality, if you can take a large company and keep your, your scrap rates under 4%, you're, you're at the top 1% of the group. So we feel extremely well with how things are being manufactured down there. Um, and what that's done is it's really allowed us to focus in on R&D, uh, and with that, you know, and the help and relationship we've got with Carmen, um, it's just really revolutionized our uh, our cover stocks, and, and that's kind of one of the things that we've focused on and allowed us to do. And uh, right now, what we're doing is, uh, you know, just trying to open up our our, uh, our arsenals or our lineups to where, you know, we're pushing the limits for creating more skid snap ball motions, um, we're still keeping some of that traditional Brunswick ball motion in there also. And another place that we're kind of looking at and attacking, too, is now that we have the, the high-end and the, the mid-price covered, we're starting to look at some low-end ball reactions, you know, some more uh, cleaner, longer length, and more back-end ball motion. Well, Billy, and I know talking to Sean Rash and, and uh, you know, PBA Player of the Year, uh, Walter Ray Williams Jr. is a senior PBA Player of the Year. Uh, just named that in August. So the guys, when you when you bring up the equipment, when I talk to the guys at you know talk to Sean at the Proprietors Cup, uh, talk to Walter out at Bowl Expo, and you talk to these folks, and they just are they're grinning ear to ear on some of the new stuff that you guys are coming up with. So I think you guys have turned the corner, and the equipment is as as you know the results are showing. The guys are are, are hitting them well and, and scoring well with the equipment that's being produced. Yeah, and. It'll- Tim, don't forget another one is, uh, you know, you've got Johnny Petraglia winning in six decades. And, you know, he's, that's, that's another one that, uh, you know, Johnny says it, it couldn't have been, he couldn't have done it if it weren't for the, the help and, you know, the turnaround that we gave him with the equipment too. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to come into the World Series of Bowling and uh, the guys are going to have a, just a whole tool bag full of arsenal of equipment that they'll be able to use and you know they're really excited looking forward to uh this bowling season so bill you you must be pleasantly surprised with the uh success of the deviate product line uh has it surpassed your expectations oh by by far joe um you know brian we uh we hired brian graham he joined the brunswick team um Oh yeah, I guess it's been about two years now, and 
boy, ever since he came in, he's he's just a bowling marketing genius. Uh, just to to sit around him and and listen to him talk and just the views that he has has uh, kind of made me a better person and uh, just really learned a little bit more about the bowling industry. But uh, you know, with with Brian. Um, when we he put together the plan and and we set forth you know trying to put forth the the performance target targets and a product plan, um, he put together a conservative forecast and uh, you know with deviate being just a year old now it's succeeded that by almost three times and we couldn't be more than happy happy with uh, I mean what what's happened with deviate it, it's just really taken off. Well, Billy, we're going to leave it at that. Is is it's always a pleasure having you join us. Hit a bunch of different topics. I'm sure everyone's going to really enjoy hearing about that. And and uh, again, please check out uh, check out our ball drilling for dummy series. If you've heard us talk about it, we've alluded to it a couple of times. It was very popular. So if you've missed it, maybe go back and, and listen to those. If you if you haven't, if this is your first time joining us. But uh, Billy, we're going to have to have you on again. And and uh, seems like once a year around fall is when we get you on. We're going to have to do it a little. Uh, it sounds like we need to get you on right before the USBC open, as you guys seem to go out there with a really good plan and always have a, a way to, to get knocked down quite a few pins. Yeah, not a problem, Tim, anytime. Uh, you know, and even if you you ever have a, a chance for a, a call-in show or a forum like that, I'd be more than open to answer anybody else's questions. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea as well. And I think this year at the uh, Open Championships, Bill, it's going to be Robin's turn to shine. Uh, we, we haven't mentioned her name, but Robin... Uh, Crawford was her maiden name, uh, international star player out of Canada. You've been married to Robin how many years now? Uh, a long six. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's been it's been great. Um, it's been six years and uh, going strong. And yeah, it's Joe. You're right. I mean, she she actually uh, Reno's not one of her favorite places to bowl, but I keep reminding her that she had a fourth place in singles way back in 2004 or 2003. And uh, she, she, she really likes bowling in the stadium. Me, on the other hand, you know, I, I got to really work at it. It's not one of my favorite places to bowl in. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me as well. But the, she's a great girl, and, and a, she probably keeps you a little younger with uh, some of her activities, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. For Tim Burke, Joe Sarar, Billy Olikowski, good luck and good bowling.